It is week 11 of the Big Sky Conference football season. Big Sky Big Takes is back after a week break, and we are very excited to talk about everything that is going on in the Big Sky Conference from Pluto TV crashing in the game of the year that they've had from Weber State taking down Sacramento State this weekend and a whole bunch of teams falling out of playoff contention. We want to talk about all of those stories and more this week uh, with our awesome panel. My gambling expert is joining us, the guy from Montana Mint Sports who gives you the best picks, the first in the state, the first in the conference, the best in the conference, giving gambling advice, Montana Parlay, and then a double trouble from Idaho to Vandal fans for some reason. We have Chris Hammond and Brian Marceau from the Tubs at the Club podcast. Guys, again, a pretty good week in Big Sky Conference football. I think we now finally, in November, have a clear picture of the top, middle, and bottom tiers. And I want to get started right away on what transpired this past weekend. Obviously, the game of the week was when Weber State faced Sacramento State in Sacramento. Top two teams in the Big Sky Conference, both top ranked in the top five, I believe, maybe top six. Um, Weber State took care of business, knocked off Sac State uh, over the weekend. What do you think this does this game say more about Weber State? in their win or Sac State in their loss. Brian Marceau, I want to start with you. I, I say it has to be Weber State. You know, there's a little bit of concern about Weber State earlier in the year. They did stay close to Idaho. Idaho only lost Weber State by seven, um, put up third, more almost 40 points against them. Weber State had a couple games heading in where it looked like uh, maybe their defense wasn't as strong as we thought it was, even though they're scoring more points than they typically do. Uh, then in the biggest game of the year, you know, Weber played maybe as well as it has. I'm counting um, the F- the FBS games they should have won. Uh, there's no question to me now Weber State deserves to be, you know, top three in the nation, which they are, you know, with a huge win like that at Sac State. And I think beating an, finally uh, beating an elite FCS team uh, probably gives people the chance to accept that even though Weber at times is ugly and they can't pass very well, they can still score and they can still stop just about anyone. Yeah, and you know, this is, you know, Sac State was coming off a really tough string of games, played the Grizz, played the Cats, played Eastern Washington. Uh, I, you know, Is it fatigue on their end? Is it Weber State just being that good? Montana Parlay, a few days removed from the game, are you... Where do you stand on this? Is this game more of a statement for Weber State or more of a concern for Sacramento State? I'd say it's more of a statement from Weber State. Uh, they impressed me a lot. You know, uh, with Sac State, a lot went wrong in that game. They were due a letdown game. Uh, Thompson went out. They had some bad turnovers. There was a safety. But still, Weber won a big game on the road. Uh, and I you know, I still think Sac State's a contender, so I don't think, you know, they still have a rough st- stretch of games coming up, but I don't think it's too negative for them unless Thompson is hurt for the long run. But Weber's run game with a healthy Josh Davis is elite. And Constantine does just enough with the th- um, and hits some big throws to really open things up. Their offense is a far cry removed from that awful, awful game they played against Maine in the playoffs. If they can play like this against a defense like Sac State, they can contend for a national championship. 
Yeah, we hammered it uh, recently on the Montana Men's Sports Pod. There's this narrative about Weber State having a weak offense, and it go it does stem back to that main game. It does stem back to their two FBS games where they couldn't move the ball, but they otherwise have put up a lot of points this year. And that offense, even though the passing game is weak, that offense uh, running game is is uh, you know one of the best that we've seen this year, at least out of the Big Sky Conference. Chris Hammond, are you agreeing with us that Weber State, this is more of a, a reflection on how good they are instead of anything Sac State needs to be concerned with? Yeah, because if you look at basically the schedule, Sac State's already hit their prove-it stretch. They beat Eastern Washington, then they had wins against current number 12 Montana State and number 6 Montana. So we already knew Sac State was legit. Basically pending absolute falling apart, they're going to make the playoffs. Now whether it's ranked or not is the big question. Meanwhile, you look at Weber State's schedule. They only had one currently ranked win going into this game, which was against current number 5 Northern Iowa from the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So you did know they were good. They beat a good UNI team, but being able to beat, once again, another top 10 team, uh, this time on the road in Sacramento, it was a bigger statement for Weber because it actually solidifies for everybody that they're legit, where people already know Sac State's legit. They had a really good run there of three games. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that no one's questioning Sac State. Um, You know, the outcome of this game not the final score that I think any of us expect a 19 point win for Weber, but you can attribute that to kind of a, uh, maybe some fatigue and also with the big injury to uh, uh, their quarterback moving on. I want to talk about Northern Colorado, uh, Idaho state, just joking. No one wants to talk about that game. I want to talk about Cam Humphrey quarterback, Montana Grizzlies. He's a backup. Uh, obviously the Dolan Sneed, who's been uh, knocked out with a nagging injury. Uh, Humphrey might be playing again this weekend. Uh, the past two games, games that the Grizz needed to win, he has looked good and led the Grizz to a 2-0 record over Eastern Washington at home and then going on the road uh, to Portland State in a revenge game for last year's disaster. Uh, I want to ask you this. Should the Grizz fans be you know, more excited about how Cam Humphrey has performed or should they be more worried that Dalton Sneed might be sitting out for his third week in a row, Montana parlay. You're our Montana guy on this podcast. Uh, what do you think? I'm a guy from Montana. Exactly. I should have clarified. State. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's clarify that. But, um, you know, how much do we know about the injury? That's the key before we really get worried or Grizz fans should get worried about that because they're in a position here where Cam Humphrey's playing well. And they're not playing. I mean, Eastern surprised me. That should have been their Super Bowl this year. They were in the driver's seat if they won that game or at least challenged the Grizz. So that surprised me. But then to go to Portland, you know, you don't need a ton out of QB there. But he has shown that he's very capable of of doing well, you know, against good teams in Eastern and on the road against Portland State. I think they should be excited about his performance. You can't be too worried about Snead because – who really knows how serious that is? They could just be giving him extra rest because of the schedule and because they know Humphrey's good. But overall, I'm just depressed as a Cats fan that the backup for the Grizz is so much better than any option we have. Yeah, and not only for Cats fans, but I imagine this is also frustrating for Idaho fans. Chris Hammond, Cam Humphrey here. Should the Grizz be you know, excited about his performance or should they be more worried that you know, stud potential play of the year. Dalton Sneed has been injured and potentially sitting out his third game in a row. 
Well, I was going to say the parlays that you don't need great quarterback play to beat Portland State. Uh, as Idaho fans with the great Mason <laughs> Petrino, we were shut out by that stifling Viking defense. So great quarterback play is needed to beat Portland State, or at least we'll call it quarterback play. Um, but as far as Grizz fans go, uh, you got to be excited. I mean, yeah, you want to see Snead, especially with a, what looks to be a pending playoff run, but you're most likely already in the playoffs. You've got such a young core. He's going to be your quarterback next year. You've got a sophomore Marcus Knight running back, and both your top weapons are coming back in a Cam and Torre next year as their juniors. Plus, you'll have Solser coming, who's a sophomore back. So, I mean, all your weapons are coming back if you're the Grizz. Um, they're one of the youngest teams in the league. The way they're going right now, you want to see this guy playing like he is so that you know not just going into the playoffs this year, you're set with Dalton, but for next year's run at the playoffs, you have a guy who's capable. Yeah, Brian Marceau closes out here. Cam Humphrey in his two games. He's basically gone 500-ish yards, uh, five touchdowns, uh, decent completion percentage, and no interceptions. He did have a turnover uh, during this stretch. But, you know, where do you stand? Is Cam Humphrey, you know, should we be excited about this as Grizz fans? Or, uh, you know, Dalton Sneed, how concerned should we be about his potential third game sitting out in a row while we're facing the following week, uh, Weber state and Montana state to close out the year. So that was quite honorable of you uh, to talk down Cam Humphrey's 71.9% completion percentage is decent uh, <laughs> over those two games. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll call that decent. Um, so here's the thing. I think Grizz fans should be ecstatic that, Humphrey is buying Snead more time to recover. We don't know the extent of his injury, um, and it's a big deal for the Grizz for the next for this game against Idaho that Grizzlies the the Grizzlies receiving core, which is probably the best in the league, is not being squandered uh, because the backup can't stretch the field. But for the close of the season, and for the Grizz to have a run past, let's say the second round of the playoffs, they're going to need Dalton Snead back. Their offensive line, uh, the Grizzly offensive line, is much better than last year. But when they are playing teams like Weber State, uh, when they are, if they're playing a team, let's say like South Dakota State or James Madison, they're going to need a quarterback who can buy themselves some time, who can get some yards with his legs. So the Grizz should be happy that Humphrey's playing as well as he is. But Montana will not make much of a playoff run if they don't have Dalton Sneed back. Uh, by the end of the season. All right. Sticking to the top of the conference. Uh, I think we are now finally, we have a clear top four in the big sky, Weber state, Sac state, university of Montana, Montana state. Now I was going to ask you guys about, is that the correct order? I think it's hard to argue that it's not. Maybe you can make some convoluted argument that, you know, Sac state should actually be above Weber state being they, even though they just lost to him, or maybe Montana state should be above UM for some Homer reason in Bozeman. But I think generally speaking, that's the correct order. Uh, and what I want to know from you is these four teams, if we put them in a round Robin tournament, Weber, Sac state, UM, MSU, each playing each other one time. What would each team's record be following that tournament? Chris Hammond, I want to come to you. What do you think? Well, luckily none of these teams would have to face that Week 10 powerhouse-ranked Northern Arizona team tied for fourth with Montana State. But uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> ranking, the, ranking these four, we'll, we'll go. We, I, I think you, you nailed it. Weber State's going to be 
Uh, you know, number one, Sac State, two, they just proved that last week. Then I think Montana and Montana State, you're perfectly where you ranked them at three and four. If they play, played in round, round robin, I would have – we were probably going three and one with probably a loss to Montana State just because I like the way they match up with the defenses. Sac State, three and one, losing the Weber as we just saw. I see Montana losing the Sac State like they did. Possibly Weber, even though I think they've got a really good shot in the upcoming weeks to beat them. Uh, then Montana State, I think finally – I don't think they get four against the Grizz. And then I think Sac State uh, – has proven that they're they're pretty stinking good. So I go three one three one and two and two and two and two. All right. Well, I think you added one extra game in there. So two one two one and then maybe one and two one and two. Oh, I Montana totally parlay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just assumed that they were going to play Idaho as well. That's fine. Uh, Montana parlay round robin between these four teams. Where do you think the record shake out by the end of that? That was the one who was going to get Chris on his math. I thought Boise State was a school that had bad, bad academics in Idaho. <laughs> I was so. counting Northern Arizona. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that is the order. Weber, Sac State, UM, MSU. But a lot of it would play out of who plays where, you know, who has to travel where, who has letdown games. But if it was everything was neutral, I think – Weber, Sac, and UM go two and one. They all kind of um, win one and lose one against each other. And I think MSU goes zero and three. You know, they might beat beat UM in the rivalry game, but they're just not good enough right now offensively to beat Weber or Sac State. Interesting. So zero and three for the Cats and everyone else kind of beating each other up, going to two and one. Brian Marceau. Uh, where do you stand on this round robin play? So the easiest answer is the Cats, I don't think, would win a game out of those in, in a matchup with those three teams. If you look at Montana State's schedule, uh, they really haven't beat anyone, and they've struggled with you know a pretty bad team like Cal Poly uh, that Idaho just beat the hell out of. Uh, Montana State needed overtime. Uh, I might be more down on the Cats than everyone else, uh, but I think there's no question Montana State is... If those are the four teams, Montana State should be ranked five or six. Uh, but the the other three, yeah, I, I expect that they would uh, trade losses. Although right now, until we have confirmation that Kevin Thompson's playing, I would say that Sac State is below Montana. Now, I don't agree with the, the current, let's say, uh, poll ranking. But until we know Kevin Thompson's back, I would put Montana over Sac State because we already talked about Cam Humphrey looking good. But I'd say Weber State right now looks like they'd go undefeated. Got it. All right. Well, we uh, obviously have you guys on because your expertise in certain teams. Uh, we have two uh, Idaho Vandal fans on, so we're not going to ask two Vandal questions. Thank God. But we will start with one. Chris Hammond, this season obviously has not gone as Idaho planned, as Idaho fans hoped it would. Uh, they were getting some. You know, I think votes early on. I remember listening to Tubbs at the club where you guys were talking about playoffs for the Vandals. Uh, that's all out the door. But what what would you identify? If we Let's stay positive. Give me a, one bright spot from the Vandal season. What's something that jumps out at you? Obviously not Paul Petrino. Obviously not Mason Petrino. But what jumps out is something that Vandal fans can be excited about going into next year. Uh, going into next year, and it feels you know weird to say this on this podcast. Podcast is there's a bit of a comparison to being Montana from last year. Um, you just look at the youth we're starting. 
you've got two our most productive running backs right now, both you know freshmen. The second most productive guy is a sophomore. You have our second leading receiver coming back next year. Our defense is loaded with youth. We had a true freshman at outside linebacker. We have our best linebacker is a junior. We have tons of youth on the defensive line. And the Coyote Refi and um, the other Ellis. So we have so much youth all across the board. The only place we're really going to feel the, the hurt of seniority leaving is going to be in our secondary. Luckily, I think they've done some recruiting to do that. But otherwise, our defensive front seven is actually – absolutely stacked with youth and then all of our skill positions other than maybe a drop off at wide receiver losing Jeff Cotton should be pretty well set plus as we've already touched on multiple times this year no matter what we'll have a new quarterback next season no matter what that is a silver lining a new quarterback next year Montana Parlay let's talk Bobcats now I normally uh when I'm talking Big Sky Conference on a podcast I'm with Hot Take Nate who after a Southern Utah victory is talking, you know, semifinals, his team's back. Let's get going. I know you have a bit more of a realistic view of what the Bobcats can do. And I want to ask you if they end up not getting a buy, which right now they probably wouldn't get a buy in the playoffs. Um, so assume what they don't get a buy. Do you think this is a team that can make it out of the first round of the playoffs? And can they make it out of the second round of the playoffs? Well, first of all, you know, Nate swore up and down last week that he wasn't going to overreact to Southern Utah. So I guess I'll have to listen to the podcast to find out if he holds <laughs> that to be true. Um, He's so happy. But, <laughs> but my answer right now is they'll win the first round because it's in Bozeman. That's a tough travel, and it's usually not a great team. But they will not win their second game unless somehow this committee – follows the coach's poll too closely and puts an OVC or Big South team in the bye, and we get to travel to, say, SEMO or Kennesaw State. Then we've got an outside shot. But, no, we're probably not going to win a second-round game. Look at our game at North Dakota. North Dakota's not a bye team, okay? Look at our game at Cal Poly. Cal Poly is not even close to a playoff team. We struggle on the road against decent teams, even going back to Western. I know we were dealing with injuries there, but our defense and Troy Anderson can only do so much. Uh, if we can't score points against top 50 teams, how in the heck are we going to beat a top eight team on the road? It's just not going to happen. You know, maybe they can prove me wrong. Maybe they can get something going uh, against UC Davis and Montana. But, you know, the, the blowout win against Southern Utah means nothing to me. Rovig was hitting wide-open receivers. That doesn't impress me, okay? If they crush Northern Colorado on the road against Jacob Nip, that's a slightly more impressive, but still not even close to a playoff team. You know, I just think there's no way we can beat win a second-round playoff game as things stand now. While you're talking shit on Cal Poly, let us not forget or ever forget they were receiving votes for the top 25 just a couple weeks ago, week six. And also let us not forget <laughs> that Idaho State also receiving votes all the way up until week seven for the for the uh, oh. top 25. Currently the bottom team in the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings, which you can read on the Tubs of the Club website or Montana-Mint.com. Uh, let's close this out. Brian Marceau. 
we have not talked to you. We've already talked about Idaho. So let's focus a little more big picture here. Uh, outside of our top teams that are playing for a playoff berth or a bye, is the rest of the league right now just playing for pride or playing for recruits? Or are there a couple teams with more at stake in these last uh, three weeks that maybe you know the average viewer or the average podcast host wouldn't real wouldn't realize? Yeah, there's three. Uh, those teams are Idaho, Eastern Washington, and Portland State. And I say those three teams because um, we can tell right now, still from the coaches' poll, that winning the end of the season narrative really does matter for receiving votes for the next season and for if your team is at least okay having a chance at being in the playoffs. I'm talking the U Montana State still top 15 after dropping back-to-back <laughs> games. Great point. With no quarterback whatsoever. And so those three teams, I'm not going to talk about Idaho other than to say Chris is right. We have a ton of young guys coming back. If we can pick up more than one win to close out the year, the story will be, yeah, Idaho struggled, but we beat some real good teams. Uh, Portland State right now, they're 5-5. Five and five. They have a real good chance of closing the year with four consecutive losses and being just being exposed as a team that won a few games because they played awful opponents. If they can't pick up a win or two towards the end of the year, that's three D1 wins for them on the year. But if they can pick up a couple wins, they've got some young guys coming back. They might be a team that looks a little bit frisky. And then Eastern Washington, if they can close the year at 7-5 and five by winning out, which they should, the story of their team is going to be we struggled with the new offensive coordinator, lost two games we shouldn't have, otherwise we'd be in the playoffs. I think voters will be sympathetic to the Eastern story if they can close out the season, and we'll see Eastern back top 10 to start next year. And that will matter for them uh, in terms of finding seeding next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we it is it's been part of like Sacramento State's struggle this year is once you're seated in the preseason, that becomes sticky. If you are not in the top 25, you are clawing your way up the rankings. And it may not be fair, but you are absolutely right that um, the preseason polls, the preseason narratives really matters throughout the year. Um all right, we are going to move on to our fantasy builder, but first just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the guys that make this podcast happen, who keep the lights on here at the Montana Mint office. It is the Montana Mint store. Big Sky Big Takes, as you know, is a joint production uh, between Montana Mint Sports and the Big Sky Podcast Network. We're just thrilled that the Montana Mint store is supporting what we're doing, uh, pumping money into this this little idea that we had, uh, we wouldn't be here if, if it weren't for the Montana mint store. Uh, those of us from Montana, wherever been to Montana know that one thing is true about fashion and big sky country. And it says not a lot of creativity. If there's a store that makes a cool design, all of a sudden everyone's wearing that design. Just think about how many guys, you know, that wear uh, Montana outline hats that have roots coming out of the bottom or a Montana outline shirt that has home all lowercase with a period at the end of its shirt. Uh, everyone has those. So that drove our designers and Montana Mint Store nuts. What they decided to do is continue to pump out cool gear, but only do it in limited runs. So that means when you buy from Montana Mint, you can know with certainty that only a small number of that design and color were ever made. It gives you a chance to stand out in Montana. It gives you a, stand, a chance to stand out with some cool gear. Check out everything they have to offer at montana-mint.com. There's a big link on the top of the page to get to the store. Uh, and that's going to move us to our fantasy builder. 
we are uh, team should be a little better this week. We have three panelists instead of four. So you guys have an advantage over most uh, folks that have come here before, but you know, regular fantasy rules, you get a quarterback, running back, a receiver and a flex player who cannot be Troy Anderson. Um, and we will post these teams on Twitter. You can vote who's best. And we'll put the, the uh, final results up on Twitter. So you can see who won starting at quarterback, Brian Marceau, why don't you kick us off? Number one pick, quarterback for round one. This is way tougher than you might guess. Two teams get two teams with elite quarterbacks play the two worst passing defenses. My heart says follow the Idaho State collapse and take Eric Berrier, but Portland State gives up more has given up more passing touchdowns in the Big Sky. I'm taking Jake Meyer from UC Davis. He's gonna he's gonna add to his league leading touchdowns. Jake Mayer Meyer, the forgotten quarterback of the Big Sky Conference this year, thanks to UC Davis's uh, fall from grace. Chris Hammond, who are you taking for your quarterback? Uh, luckily, I have the advantage of doing the scoring every week, so I've learned that touchdowns are king over yards. Luckily, I compare the <laughs> two together. I'm taking Case Cookis um, this week. I mean, I think everything that shows. Sac State, I'm thinking shootout. It's at home in the uh, the old Skywalk Dome, so I'll I'll take the. Well, I think he's leading all of the FCS in passing yards. So he's that plus leading the Big passer. Sky in touchdowns. Yeah, I'll I'll take him. Number one passer in the Big Sky Conference, Case Cookis, uh, and Montana Parlay. Closest out here. Who are you taking for your QB? You know, if I could take team quarterbacks with this uncertainty of Thompson and Sneed, I, I'd do that. But I will happily take Eric Barrier at number three. Love it. All right, let's go back to or round two, and we'll come back to you, Parlay, going running backs. Who do you got? Um, not a hard choice here. Playing, He's at home playing against North Dakota, who got ran all over when they visited Eastern Washington. I'm talking Josh Davis, an absolute stud. Stud and a half, Josh Davis. Number two pick for running backs, Chris Hammond. Uh, Well, like I said, touchdowns are king, not yards. Chris Jackson for Weber State has two more touchdowns this year at running back than Josh Davis. So I will take uh, Chris Jackson, freshman from Weber Interesting. And Brian Marceau, closest out running backs. Going with the old school gambling pick of picking against my team, Marcus Knight, University of Montana, playing <laughs> Idaho. Marcus Knight leads all running backs and rushing touchdowns. I old like emotional it. hedge. The old emotional hedge. The only way you can go to bed feeling good uh, after a, uh, a weekend of gambling. Wide receivers, Chris Hammond, number one pick. Uh, number one pick, I'm going to have to take Sammy Akem. I think uh, Idaho has proved that they're a little bit weak in the secondary this season, and um, I'm a f- I think that's exactly where Bobby Houck and the boys are going to target us, and there's no bigger target or better target on the field um, than Sammy Akem if he's got a good quarterback throwing it to him. Well, that's a good way to secure your place in the finals for the showdown. If you guys, there's a couple other good Grizz receivers out there if you want to take them. Brian Marceau, who are you taking with pick number two? I am taking the other side of the Grizzlies receiving core, Samari Torre. I think 
I mean, Samari Toure is just about as good as Akem, and sometimes he gets more favorable coverage because of who Akem is. I, both of those guys are going to kill Idaho. So, again, double down on the emotional hedge. I love it. And Montana Parlay, should I just mark you down for Jerry Louis McGee? I'm not as big of a suck-up or uh you know, hater of my own team. Well, although the rest of the podcast might say otherwise, um, <laughs> man, it, the Eastern QBs, they spread it out so much, or I mean receivers, that's tough. I'm just going to stick with Brandon Porter and hopefully steal some points from Cookus or even things out there. So Brandon Porter, NAU. All right. couple more position players to go in the flex. Number one pick, Brian Marceau. No-brainer, Elijah Dawson against the ah, doormat known as Northern Arizona. He'll get rushing yards, and he'll get a ton of yards after the catch on dump-offs. Elijah Dawson, number two, Montana Parlay. This is tough. I, I'm i going to pick an Eastern guy, although, man, there's another. I, you can't go wrong here. I'm probably just giving a, a really good pick to whoever's next. I'm taking Antoine Custer from Eastern. Hopefully he'll run all over Idaho State. And Chris Hammond, last pick. Uh, Idaho's always proven that if they're going to beat the big teams, it's going to come on the run game. Andre Carter's coming back after missing a couple games and is on pace, uh, if I'm lucky enough, to be able to talk about something else a little bit later. Um, He's got seven touchdowns already on the year, only in seven games. I'll take Andre Carter. Glad to have him back. He's been tearing it up. All right. Idaho. Idaho. So check those out on Twitter. Uh, Jerry's uh, tabulating the score right now, uh, but check those, those teams out on Twitter. You can vote on who's the best. You can comment on who was the worst. Uh, and we'll post the final score after the games have ended. And it, you're not going to believe it. I'm looking over at Jerry. The algorithm couldn't handle a three contestant show all three of you are moving on to the showdown on the condition <laughs> that your answers fit within 10 seconds of the oh questions boy. being asked so you better keep your point short to the point uh and and very concise if you want to get the victory and the last few seconds of ranting about whatever it is that you want question number one in the showdown we have a pretty uninspiring slate of games this weekend in my opinion montana state's traveling in north northern colorado Obviously, Idaho UM, UC Davis is going to Portland State, Sac State at NAU, UND to Weber, and Eastern Washington, Idaho State. It just really seems like pairing one of our good teams with one of our shitty teams, and let's see what they can do. But out of this slate, which games are you most likely to tune into, and which one are you most likely to avoid? We'll start with you, Brian Marceau. This is the easiest one to tune into, the most storied, protected rivalry in the Big Sky Conference, Montana State at Northern Colorado. (laughs) I am so into that game. I don't even give a shit about what games I miss. I would never, never sleep on that rivalry. I love it. The the Bears versus the the Bobcats. Chris Hammond, who do you got? Well, I'm going to take the Little Brown Stein. It's the oldest game going on this year, 116 years, 86th matchup. That's Idaho versus Idaho State. Plus, if you tune in, you're guaranteed to see a Paul Petrino temper tantrum. I love it. Idaho, Montana. And what about you, Montana Parlay? Game of the weekend. I'm going to take North Dakota coming off a bye at Weber. Is it a letdown game for Weber? North Dakota's still got a pretty decent shot at the playoffs, especially if they win this game. 
and uh, let's see if Weber can stay undefeated in the conference. Yeah, the teams that have stayed had been the number one team in our power rankings have not stayed there for long. UC Davis, Eastern, Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State. Let's see if Weber State can hold on for another week. Question number two, uh, the season's winding down. We're starting to get into playoff mode. Uh, we're obviously a Big Sky-focused enterprise, which represents only a fraction of FCS football. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you care about FCS football outside of the Big Sky Conference Montana Parlay, scale of 1 to 10? I'd say a six, mostly because I do not care at all about FBS, so I'm not watching that except until the playoffs. But um, they're limited playoffs. But you know the Missouri Valley's on ESPN Plus, and they are right up there with the big skies having the best teams. And I tune into the a game here and there. They've got a couple good matchups this week too. All right, that's six out of ten. Chris Hammond. I'm gonna go six point five five. Uh, obviously, with NDSU not winning every single year, it would be a lot more exciting. It's kind of a downer knowing every year you've got like a 1% chance to beat them. Uh, and if the HBCUs and Ivies were full participants, I might get up to like a 7.68%. Uh, but right now when you have teams like Princeton that aren't even going to be in the playoffs, it's harder to pay attention. Yeah, I agree with that. Brian Marceau, uh, scale of 1 to 10, how much do you care about the FCS outside of the big sky? Two, I care enough to know who the top 10 teams are so I don't accidentally say someone like Illinois State is a garbage win. Other than that, <laughs> I have absolutely no care. Um, I mean, I want the FCS teams to do well, but I mean, I'm not going to watch an FCS game that's not Big Sky. I'd rather tune into the unpredictability of the Pluto streams and the awful announcing from Cal Poly than watch anyone else. Well, the correct answer there is obviously zero. Who gives a shit outside of the Big Sky Conference? Not me, not anybody, as far as I can tell. Uh, third question of the showdown, UC Davis is Nick Eden in Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona is Hendricks Johnson. They've both been named to the Jerry Rice Award watch list. This is the best freshman in the FCS. Is there anyone you're surprised who has left off of this list from the Big Sky Conference? Chris Hammond. Um, well, I've got to decide who I'm going to leave for the other two, but uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Hamler just because of the fact that he has eight touchdowns on the ground, nine touchdowns through the air. Um, he has over 1,000 yards passing, which is rare for a Cal Poly uh, quarterback, and he's got you know over 400 on the ground. As far as being a true freshman, Jalen Hamler's really put Cal Poly in a good spot in the future, so I think him getting left off was a bit of a miss. I think he got most of those 1,000 yards through the air against uh, San Diego earlier this season. Montana Parlay. Uh, or actually, we'll go to you, Brian Marceau. Who, who was left off of the list, in your opinion? I'm going to be a homer. Andre Carter, redshirt freshman from Idaho, just had a huge game against Cal Poly, 179 yards and two touchdowns. He, it's not his first big game. Um He's to me, he's one of the big sky freshmen. People should be excited about. He's going to be good for a real long time. Montana parlay. Well, first of all, I'm probably not the guy to be asking this, but uh, I want to put out Score Mobile. You're a great app. I use you to track the big sky, the scores, the stats, everything. But when I go to player info, it doesn't say what class they are. So how do I do research for this uh, in a reasonable manner? Especially if only there so, were other options. 
Yeah, well, you know, we get so much time here. Jalen <laughs> Jalen Hamler put up 52 points against the darling of the Pioneer Conference. You know, the San Diego who makes the playoffs every year. He actually absolutely smoked them. It's surprising that the voters uh, didn't put him in there. All right, last question here. Who is the MVP of the Big Sky Conference if the season were to end today? Montana Parlay, coming back to you. A lot of injuries have uh, made this one really tough because Sneed, if he's been playing the last two games, it's probably him. Kevin Thompson leads his team back to victory or or close to victory against Weber. He's a shoe-in. But that being said, I'm sticking with Kevin Thompson I mean, how can you not? That he's been an absolute stud. His stats are amazing, and they've they went on that streak where they beat the best of the Big Sky three weeks in a row. Went from last to first in the Big Sky Conference before their letdown game against Weber. Chris Hammond, who's your MVP? Uh, I'm definitely Montana Parlay spot on there. It's Kevin Thompson. You take him off Sac State. They're three and six, not six and three. I think we're about to see that as I believe he. Um, might be out a little bit here going forward. Um, but you look at that, the Grizz haven't really missed a step without Dalton Sneed. Um, I'm not convinced that Eastern Washington would be too much worse without Eric Berrier. So you look at who's the most valuable player to their team, and it has to be Kevin Thompson. And Brian Marceau, who do you got? MVP of the Big Sky Conference. There, there's... There's no real debate. I mean, it's Kevin Thompson. I want to say Josh Davis, but because of injuries, Davis has had two gigantic games and then not much else. Without Kevin Thompson, uh, it's hard to say that Sac State State would be close to what they are right now. So it's it's boring, but that's the guy. Universal, across-the-board approval of Kevin Thompson. Holy smokes, we really like the Sac State team. Looking over at Jerry, it seems like Chris Hammond's answer on the Harvard, Dartmouth, Princeton's of the world, not going to the playoffs being so stupid. It is stupid. You nerds, start playing some football in December. Chris Hammond is your champion of Big Sky Big Takes for Week 11. Chris, you have 30 to 40 seconds to talk about whatever the heck you want. All right. Well, normally I would like to rant on noon kickoffs. Absolutely hate them, but it turns out it's 1 o'clock Mountain Time for Idaho this week. So I'll stick to the... uh, Beating of the dead horse, and it's Pluto Sports. I'm kind of tired of them blaming it on the schools. Like, they blamed it on Idaho this week. You know, we had a decade-plus of ESPN3, and guess how many times ESPN3 cut out in the middle of the game or had problems? Uh, Absolutely zero. So, it's a Pluto Sports thing, not a school thing. So, Pluto, get it together. Quit putting your problems out on everybody else. Yeah, I... uh... I, I, I appreciate that the conference is now like responding to Twitter comments. And I think the commissioner and his team are doing a very good job overall, but uh, this is a tough thing to defend. And we are now in November and you know, the Grizz are never on Pluto TV. You think that Pluto would want when they finally have a Grizz game, they would want that game to be uh, to do well because you're getting more fans than normal on your platform and you couldn't watch the majority of the game. It's a blank screen for, I don't even know what, for like 70% of the game, it seems. So uh, I'm with you, Pluto Sports. That's everybody's rant on Twitter, online, uh, on, and on this pod this week. Pluto's, Pluto TV is just not uh, uh, cutting it. Chris Hammond, where can folks find you on Twitter, and where can they listen to you uh, for your podcast? 
So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. You can find Tubbs at the Club on all the major uh, you know, podcast providers, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Tubbs at the Club. Hope to see some of you in Missoula this weekend. All right. And uh, Brian Marceau, you're obviously on the same podcast. Where can folks find you on Twitter? And when does, your, when does Tubbs at the Club normally drop? So you can find me on Twitter at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. And Tubbs the Club is available every single Thursday morning right when you wake up. You can listen to it on your way to work and know exactly what it feels like to be part of the least happy fan base in the nation. I love it. Montana Parlay. Uh, folks can obviously find you on the Montana Men's Sports Podcast. Where can they get their gambling advice from the first, the best, and the only Montana gambling picks expert? Well, that's at Montana Parlay on Twitter. Sometimes I even put some stuff on Instagram, at Montana Parlay. And you're right, I bring a little bit of clarity and um, level-headedness to the from the Bobcats' perspective to the Montana Mint Sports Podcast that drops every Thursday around noon um, Mountain Time. And I make some picks, too, that usually make money, and we're going to start getting hot from here on out. I feel it. I think you are going to get hot. Well, I'm Bear Tycoon, uh, at Bear Tycoon on Twitter with Montana Men's Sports. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with a new panel uh, in Week 12 of the Big Sky Conference. Thanks, everybody.